Testing, one, two, check, one, two. This is Spearfish City Limits. My name is John Dale. Welcome to the program broadcasting from the corner of Canyon and Jackson in sunny Spearfish, South Dakota. Spearfish City Limits is a production of PlainsTribune.com. Brought to you by a dedicated team of volunteers, actually. But we do have some costs in this, so we'd appreciate it if you contribute to the broadcast. Go to PlainsTribune.com. Click on the tip jar on the right-hand side and make us a tip via PayPal. If you'd like to send us a check or money order, send that to John Dale, 239 West Jackson Boulevard, Spearfish, South Dakota, 57783. Thank you so much to everyone that has contributed so far. Music down, please. Thank you to everyone who has contributed so far to this broadcast this program the show this platform all of the things that we're doing here in the Quonset hut at the corner of canyon and jackson and spear for south dakota from our homeschool projects any kind of scholarship that you would like to contribute is very much appreciated that is our number one project and we're doing great with that if you'd like to contribute to the technology we're putting together and or utilize that technology drop me an email Info at plainstribune.com. I would love to hear from you. That goes for your opinion, too. I want to know what you're thinking, and I want to know how you react to some of the content that you hear on the program. I get a lot of feedback from folks. They appreciate the presentation. They appreciate the research. They appreciate we're not a 24-hour news feed. They appreciate that we're not money-grubbing. But we do need some support, and I appreciate that. Our hosting bill monthly is something that you know we have to pay that. We have to register our domain names. We have to put gas in the tank to go attend meetings like the meeting that we attended at the Capitol, on the fourth floor of the Capitol this year earlier with South Dakota Canvassing and others. Jordan Mason was there. Representatives were there. Anybody who cares about election integrity, I shouldn't say that. A lot of people care about election integrity, but they may not have had the money to get there. Luckily, circumstances converged and we were able to hop in our vehicle head there to that meeting as a family and listen to the testimony firsthand the testimony firsthand indicated to me and many people who are there that our election system here has problems and let me just say i'm not here to attack and tear down county auditors i'm not here to destroy anything or see anything burn What is this? This is an academic exercise. I like to say the College of Spearfish City Limits at the University of Plainstribune.com. It's like a college class. It's analysis. It's conjecture. It's hip shots. It's pontification. It just so happens that because we do this so much, we've gotten very good at being accurate with our information. And so it seems like more than that sometimes, like a news broadcast or something. But no, it's just something that you can rely on to be honest and forthcoming that doesn't mean that everything we publish is accurate but we've been astoundingly accurate especially when compared to some of the local newspaper outlets you know the newspaper outlets that advertise for moderna and ford and others god bless them they got to work too and pay their bills but gosh like i don't know like what's an analogy Let's say you're the guy that is in charge of hitting the emergency button when the dam breaks so that people can get out of the way downstream and you could save lots and lots of lives. That's kind of a special job. And if you don't have any fingers, you're not going to be very good at that job. And when it comes to news, that's kind of what they are. In my opinion, they need to be investigating and also calling for help. 
on important issues like the vaccines, which our local paper really screwed up, the face masks, I was told by the editor in person out at the Heritage Center, Mark Watson, that you got to wear the face mask because it reduces viral load. It reduces viral load. Ah! It reduces viral, but it increases bacterial load. It increases infections on your face and acne. And there's really, it's like flying a mosquito through a jet hanger. When you look at the space between the fibers in a cloth black mask like he was wearing and the size, when you compare that to the size of these viruses, viri, it's like a damn mosquito through a jet hanger. It really did nothing. You know what it did do was hurt children. To force face masks in school or even recommend them for young children who are learning to speak, 90% of our communication happens non-verbally. I'm going to try not to get mad. I'm going to just calm down. I'm hot on this issue, ladies and gentlemen. I'm hot on this issue because it hurt the kids. It really did hurt the kids. Where's the outrage? Hey, you marijuana people, you prohibitionists, why don't you go and express your outrage for the kids who can't speak very well because they wore face masks during the plan-demic? So anyway, thanks for putting gas in our tank to get us to places like that fourth floor meeting at the Capitol. I was outside the governor's office laying on the floor, gazing up at the, the dome and the beautiful glasswork. Oh, it's just, it's really amazing. And I respect all of the hard work and diligent thought that went into that. <clears throat> there seemed to be a little flaw in it, though. Like just, just one flaw, kind of at, uh, it looked like it was about 10 o'clock as my feet were pointed north and the governor's office was kind of back and to the left. I was just laying on the floor there, looking up and gazing and appreciating that beautiful work. But there was a flaw in it. I don't think it was that big of a deal. That type, I mean, it was still beautiful, but I was wondering, does the rain get in through there? Or is that just a piece of clear glass that they put as a placeholder because the piece cracked and it was leaking and so they're waiting on the right color? I don't know. But I've lost faith in our local newspaper here in Spearfish. It's the Black Hills Pioneer. I've lost faith in the paper because they've missed so many issues. And here's yet another one. They published an article called County Auditors Take Election Rules and Regs Security Seriously. That's the title of this article, the headline. County Auditors Take It Seriously. And I suppose that's true. I mean, I've met our auditor here, and I actually like her. We went up there as a homeschool project and reviewed the process of voting from their perspective, end to end. It took about 20 minutes as we interviewed and asked questions and followed up and understood the process. But immediately, I found the two flaws in the process. There are two major flaws in the process of the way that we count votes. And we'll get into that in just a moment. Now, what I'm going to do here is fair use. I'm going to read through this article and I'm going to react to it and give you my thoughts on our electoral process. And this is the type of information that should be included in this article. So yes, I'm complaining a little bit at the quality of product that's being put out a little bit. I mean, it's really terrible that you didn't even, did you even mention Dr. Francis Boyle in any article 
during the pandemic? Mark, buddy, you know the guy who wrote the biowarfare legislation that was unanimously approved by Congress under George Bush the second president? George Bush Jr., George Walker, GW. <laughs> now he came out immediately and did testimonial and interviews, and he said, This is not what it seems. This is biowarfare, has all the signatures. We have a team in India that has studied this. They have indicated to us that this is definitely biowarfare. This is definitely not normal. We need to look into this. Of course, this was right as and right after the 5G network went live in Wuhan, China. On October 31st, 2019. Also something that I didn't see reported in the paper. It should have been on the front page. Dr. Boyle's take. Author of the biowarfare legislation approved unanimously by Congress says it's a fraud. And it was right at the beginning of the whole pandemic. And, you know, you try to share these things with these guys over at the paper. And they're just like, ah, he's a quack. You know, he's a kook. Don't try. He's a conspiracy theorist, Mockingbird Media. He's a conspiracy theorist. And so they made the decision to ignore me. They made the decision, more importantly, to ignore Dr. Francis Boyle. What did they do instead? Well, you can go and read their paper and look at the archives. And it is there for all history and all posterity, what our local paper did during this pandemic. My email address was blocked. It was going to spam multiple times. Got blocked. And I was trying to share this information with our local paper. That is a huge mistake. Whether it's the IT guy that configures the spam filter or whether it's Mark hitting the spam button himself, that's a huge mistake in hindsight. But you know what, buddy? One of us was right and one of us was wrong. And one of us is still the editor of the paper. And one of us has a trusted news source, plainstribune.com. And you can really put your pipe in that and smoke it. And I'm being as nice as I possibly can because inside right now I have a fire burning about the way that this information was treated about the way that our community was treated and the risk that was created for you and me and everybody and the kids in our community, all of us. We were let down, in my opinion, by our local newspaper. And it could have killed a lot of people. It may have killed quite a few folks. We'll see what these vaccine death totals are. Died suddenly. Died suddenly. Mysterious, unknown heart condition. Weird clotting. Allergic reactions. Cancer rates are up. Destroys the immune system, according to credible physicians. Peter McCullough. Go look at that guy's CV. That's a trustworthy source, and I don't recall recall him being on the front page of the paper ever. Why not? Were there any Moderna? Were there any Pfizer? Or were there any Monument Health advertisements? Any Sanford Health advertisements in any newspapers in South Dakota? Was any money from those medical establishments? From what I remember, Monument Health ran a huge ad campaign, like a major ad buy when they switched the name. Was that not right around the time of the pandemic? Peter McCullough, Francis Boyle. 
I don't recall them ever being on the front page of that paper. Do you? Why not? They are the two experts you would want to listen to, as opposed to the Fauci ouchie. Ouchie, Fauci. Yikes. A lot of people got hurt. A lot of people are still getting hurt. And don't kill the messenger on this. And don't hurt Mark either. Send him an email, though. It might get through. County auditors take election rules and regs seriously, and security seriously. So let's get started on this article that has drowned my ire. Butte, Lawrence County, and Meade counties do their due diligence when it comes to handling election ballots. All three entities use paper ballots that are counted electronically with election results then reported to the state. Auditors in all three counties say that election procedures are set by state law and that both statewide and local procedures in place at each site set out to ensure that ballots cast are verily validated and counted correctly. So they have the best of intentions. But what do they say about the road to hell? Paved with the best of intentions. By the way, my name is John Dale. This is Spear for City Limits. This is a special feature on election integrity right here in Lawrence, Meade, and Butte counties. Broadcasting from the corner of Canyon and Jackson, I have a Master of Science in MIS from the University of Arizona, which makes me a qualified expert on information systems, including voting information systems. All three counties do, in fact, use a ballot tabulating machine, which is tested for integrity prior to the election per state law. Thursday, a mock trial of that system was conducted statewide. Quote, we take the test that we do with the automatic tabulator when we first get the thumb drive from the programmers. By the way, the programmers are from Minnesota, I believe. ES&S is the name of the company from Minnesota, who bring the thumb drive to the county auditor. And by the way, Brenda is good people. I'm not saying we should get rid of Brenda. I'm saying we need definitely need some IT expertise in and around that office outside of the loop. We need somebody from outside of that community already to come in that's trustworthy, who can actually help. I might know somebody. We check it, she said, to make sure that it's reading everything correctly and that it's counting correctly, and then we run the report. I do consulting through Growing Business Solutions, LLC. We test both machines, we run the reports, make sure that everything balances and it's tabulating correctly. For example, the test could catch a misspelled name on the report. That's the first step that we do. We test to make sure everything is correct in the programming of the tabulator. That it's reading the ballot exactly how we mark the test deck, Magruder said. So basically, the mock election is taking that test deck and entering it into the state total vote system and sends it to the election night reporting system where you go to get your results. Test results were entered into the total vote, which is eventually reported in election night reporting. This is a really dry article, and I've already read it. Spoiler alert. They didn't attend the meeting on the fourth floor of the Capitol. So they actually don't understand, our local people don't understand, at the newspaper anyway, don't understand, we already know what's going on with all of this stuff, and it's not good. It shouldn't disenfranchise you, though. You should still go and vote, because it's like fishing. You throw your line in the water, not every time you throw your line in the water, you're going to catch a fish, but if you don't have your line in the water when that fish rolls by, i.e. that really important election where we actually count the votes properly, then you won't catch the fish. You won't get your elected official that you want in. So you have to keep voting 
Just plug your nose, suck it up, and know the truth. And then when somebody asks you about it or if you have a chance to influence the process, refer back to this information. Test results were entered into the total vote, which is eventually reported in election night reporting. That's what we're doing here today, testing the election night reporting process, Magruder said. In order to ensure election security, Magruder said her office participates in a statewide training held by the Secretary of State's office, which the statewide training of the Secretary of State's office was woefully inadequate, in my opinion, as I heard it described on the fourth floor of the Capitol. Every other year prior to the upcoming election year to review the election laws. Additionally, and prior to each election, county auditors host an election school as required by SDCL 12157. So they've met the basic requirements a D minus. They've met the basic requirements of the law and they passed. The purpose of the training is to instruct each precinct official on applicable laws and cover their duties on election day. Butte County Auditor Annie Reich said absentee ballots are also counted with the machine on election day and added into the appropriate precinct numbers. Yay! We count the precinct numbers when they come back from the polls and when we compare those numbers that the machine has with the numbers that the poll workers have on their roll on their what we call a recapitulation sheet and make sure everything matches and then we add the absentee ballots for that precinct, Reich said. An absentee board reviews the ballots contained inside the box to make sure that signatures match, all the details are there, and then they come up here to be counted by the tabulating machine. Reich said three statewide mock elections occur prior to the official one on election day. Our county also does two extra ones during that time before the election, Reich said. This testing is open for public inspection. Notice of this fact is published, given the location, date, and time of the testing. My team takes great pride in testing the machines to ensure the ballots are recorded and counted correctly, Magruder said. There are actually three. Um, there are actually three really obvious and glaring exploitation points in this information system. And the, let's talk about, let's talk about uh, the USB, okay, first. Making a little note here so I don't forget. Okay. All right. So the first one is that USB stick. So the USB stick is brought in by the company from out of state and plugged into the county auditor's machine. And the format of the ballots and its options are transferred to the machine so that it knows where to expect the bubbles. So when it goes to count them, it all works out based on ballots printed probably from the same data model is what you would call that. I wouldn't really call it programming as much as configuration of the machine in spirit and intent. However, however, it's possible that when you stick that USB in there, that there's programmatic code. Did they audit the contents of the USB? Did they do a forensic audit of the contents of the USB that was plugged into the vote machine to make sure that all it contained was metadata regarding the format of the ballot, probably in XML? That's the first opportunity to exploit is from an external firm, by the way, who does not want to provide our auditors with the CVR. What did C stand for in that again? Cast vote record. The CVR is a digital representation of the votes that are counted in the machines. Did you know that those are all encrypted and that our county auditors can't get the keys? That's what I heard on the fourth floor of the Capitol. So they can't go in and audit the cast vote records to make sure that the machines are counting correctly. <clears throat> Maybe this year. Definitely not 2020. That's already gone too. The 22-month period is already over. So that's the first opportunity for exploitation. Now, 
they're running all of these tests on these machines. Okay, everything looks good. The machine's counting properly. We put in 50 votes, 22 for this guy, 21 for that guy, blah, blah, blah. Four of them were uh, miscountable. Three of them were uncountable. Whatever the math adds up to me. So they go through and they do all of these diligent tests. And the public is welcome to view the tests, but the public is not, unfortunately, <laughs> welcome to go in and audit after the fact. The actual vote. So we're allowed to audit the tests. This is the D minus of this. Like they meet the basic minimum requirement. The public has access. We're in compliance with the law. Unfortunately, the law is not protecting our vote machines. That's what I learned. And that's what my opinion is of what I learned on the fourth floor of the Capitol this year at that meeting. So the second part of this is, the second exploitation point is that you can remotely access computer chips using 5G technology. Have you ever seen these wireless charging things? Wireless. You just put it in proximity to something and then it will charge it. Give me that pencil. So you can actually send electricity over a wireless signal and use that to power a remote device. Well, there was a big scandal on some servers that were being produced. I believe it was Dell, if I'm not mistaken. One of Dell's providers had these boards from China, and the board had a little rice-sized chip on it that was capable of communicating with the processor and getting access to any data flowing through the computer. And it was remote-powered. Do our voting machines have this little chip in them? Can our voting machines be remote-powered, a section of them be remote-powered, and then programmatic code be changed on the machine or vote totals be changed on the machine in real time? That's the second point of exploitation. How do you solve that? How do you solve that? 20 plus years of experience in the technology industry I've got. I'm telling you, there's no solution for it. You have to get rid of these machines. You have to count them at the precinct, which solves what I believe is the third issue. And the third issue is during the transport of the ballots from the precinct to Deadwood, you could swap the ballots. You could swap the box entirely. Oh, but the box is locked with a padlock. If it's locked with a padlock, doesn't, isn't ma- uh, Master Lock, is that the company? Are they not capable of producing a, two locks with the same key? Oh, they're, but there's special seal on there. Okay. Is it not possible to produce the same seal, break the seal and replace the seal? And I'm not saying that this is being done. I'm not claiming it's being coordinated by law enforcement or the county auditor. None of that. I'm saying if there was a criminal organization with millions of dollars that could pay a network of people to infiltrate this, that's one area of exploitation. You just change the ballots on their way up to be counted. So what's the solution to that? Ready? Everybody together. Count the ballots at the precinct. Count them at the precinct. It's actually pretty simple. When you count the ballots at the precinct, it solves all of these issues. And I would even say, go ahead and count them at the precinct with representatives from both sides of the aisle and others and put a camera on it. Take a picture of every ballot counted, Arizona, with their cute wooden tables round tables with four ballot counting 
surfaces on there and four people sitting around a table and each person would count each ballot and when their totals matched, then they would add those to the tally. Really not rocket science, folks. You count them ballots at the precinct, you solve these problems. You solve them. All of them. Then you report those totals. Then you've got them before they even leave the precinct. Boy, you are golden at that point. And you know what? Pull an all-nighter. It's one night every other year. Every election you ought to do that. Then you send the ballots up to Deadwood, and then you let the machines count them just to see what the machines come up with. That's the way you do this. It seems obvious to me. It's an easy system. Mostly human beings involved. That's how you can certify an election. And you let any number of people viewing on closed-circuit cameras audit. the count. I would love to do that. I'd make a party out of it. I'd fill my thermos with some delicious coffee, take an afternoon nap after I voted, and I would go down there and I would watch every single one of them efforts. The ballots, not the people. I would count everyone myself with my family. Put it on the internet. Stream that video on the internet. I can help with that. We've got some software that'll do that right here. Come on, man. Totally can do this. We can totally do this. I don't care what the contracts say. This company, according to what was said on the fourth floor of our Capitol in that meeting this year, this company is in violation of federal election law by not providing the CVRs to county auditors. And that doesn't mean an encrypted version. The spirit and intent of that is that you provide the key to decrypt it so that we can go audit our election, jackasses. My God. Tabulation machines, the article goes on, are also tested the day of the election with 50 ballots. If there's an issue with the count, it goes to the resolution board and they have to figure out what's wrong with the ballot, why it didn't get counted. They determine if it can be counted or not. Like maybe the voter marked something wrong. Maybe they marked it with an X instead of filling in the circle. I know that people are way smarter than these stupid machines because people can be like, oh, there's an X right on the circle. Okay, the voter's expressed intent is to vote for that guy next to where they put their X. Isn't that amazing? The human brain is amazing. We need to invest way more in human intelligence than we are right now. The machine will kick it out and say, this doesn't look like a valid ballot. So the resolution board will review it and they'll say, well, they just put an X instead of circling it. So yes, this is a valid ballot. Oh, so these poor machines need our help. What are we paying these guys for? Oh my gosh. The election board then fills out a completely new ballot that mirrors the voter's ballot. Right. Emphasized. Ballot boxes are sealed and locked until the polls close. Okay, here we talked about this. They cannot open that box at any time during the day. I mean, they're not supposed to. And there are people watching. But theoretically, someone could open it. I mean, with the right tools, it would delegitimize that precinct's election result, right? You're going to have to wait until after the polls are closed and then it comes back to our office. So we can't unlock it and count it, she said. We cannot unlock the ballot box once they take the ballots out and the people start voting. Now, are there people with bad intentions all around? This is Deadwood, South Dakota, bros and hoes. Come on, man. Yes, they are. Am I implicating anybody in the auditor's office or the precinct or the party or the volunteers, the good-hearted, capable, and diligent, wonderful, wonderful volunteers? No, I'm not implicating any of them. Do I have any evidence they've done this? No, I'm trying to prevent it. 
I want, even if our votes have been perfect through all of the fraud here in Lawrence County and the nation, if our votes have been perfect here in Lawrence County through all of the fraud, word order is important, I don't care. I want complete certainty to the extent that's possible. That means you count them at the precinct. If you can't count them at the precinct in a reasonable amount of time, you have to split up the precincts. Reich said she feels Butte County has a very good system and she feels very comfortable and confident in that system. I completely understand that everybody wants to make sure the vote is counted correctly. I feel the same way and we're going to do everything in our ability to make sure that happens, she said. As for actual voting, each voter is required to provide identification pursuant to state law. Election integrity is paramount. Of course, you don't actually have to do much to register to vote. Again, a huge whiff in this article is the voter roll issue. According to South Dakota Canvassing, we ought to purge our entire voter roll and start from scratch. People are coming in from out of state. You can drop some voter. Like there are registrations at places that don't exist. There are registrations at like houses where the people don't live there anymore. There are registrations at P.O. boxes. You just come into the state, drop your voter registration in there, and boom, you're good to go, buddy. Election integrity is paramount, Magruder said. My staff and I are well-trained in the procedures and execution of the electoral process. I am confident that all of my staff members and election workers share the same sentiment and not only believe it, but also adhere to the highest standards. Well, the highest standards are what I'm articulating here today, which comes right out of my expertise and experience in industry and my higher education at the Eller College of Management, where I studied systems exactly like this. You are not, by any means executing the highest standards in our vote process here in South Dakota. If you were, you would purge the voter rolls, you would have a residency requirement, you would hand count the ballots at the precincts before you send them up to the auditor for verification through these electronic jobs until their stupid contract expires. I and my deputies have taken an oath to defend the Constitution of the United States and the state of South Dakota. Super. It's also worth noting that because of the testing procedures, I have the utmost confidence in the election equipment. To include the automatic tabulator machines that we use, I invite anyone with questions to contact me. Well, what are we, seven, eight days out from the election or something like that right now? Or more, No, we're, we're a couple weeks out. So at this point, it's all set. And as long as those ballots are transported up to Deadwood before they're counted, I don't care what happens at that point. You've lost reasonable assurance, to, in my mind, that we have a good election count. As soon as, and you knew it. This has already been communicated to auditors multiple times. You know you break chain of custody. As soon as those ballots go up to Deadwood, bro, they're going to Deadwood, okay? Deadwood, South Dakota, you know. Mr. Wu's pigs, Al Schweringen, Deadwood. That's where they're going. But you, you can ask questions. <laughs> Once election day comes and polls close, ballot boxes sealed with mechanical tamper-proof seals are delivered to the auditor's office by two election board officials, one from each political party. Only then are the seals broken and the ballots prepared for counting. When I was in Tempe, Arizona, we had to call the locksmith once. That dude, he was ex-Massad, bro. He was ex-Massad and he had a van and he could open anything. Anything. An important part of the certification is acknowledgement of a certain number of ballots that were received. The starting number of ballots is noted in the certification and used at the recap to recap the voted ballots 
for the day, Magruder said. After the polls close, the precinct's official counts all of the unused ballots and subtracts that total from the official ballots received at the beginning of the day. The difference should match the total of the number of voters in the poll book, she said. Once ballots begin to be counted, they're run through the automatic tabulator machine. Ballots are run through the tabulator. The number of ballots are compared to the recap report from the precinct for accuracy. The report is printed off in the ta- of the tabulator and then manually entered to report to the Secretary of State the results, said Helen Jensen, Meade County Auditor. Again, I, the flaws in this process to me are obvious. There are three huge ones. Chain of custody from the precinct, the USB sticks that come in there, and the ability to access machines remotely, even if they're not plugged into the network. I read that article. I think it was in Forbes, and it's real. You can remote power a computer chip, and if you put the right chip on a board, then it can siphon off all the information running through the processor and interpret it, which means any number of things. Both unused and voted ballots are accounted for. Once ballots are counted and reported, ballots are sealed and retained, secure for 22 months. This actually works if you hand count the ballots at the precinct and you do all this at the precinct. This actually works. It means something. But as long as you break chain of custody, send those ballots up to Deadwood, and I know that there's a lot of law enforcement out there and judges and prosecutors and lawyers who say, well, technically chain of custody can be maintained if you change the location of the ballots. But... I don't, I don't buy into that because you can re- embed a resource at the precinct potentially or infiltrate the precinct with the resource who happens to accompany those ballots and look the other way at just the right time. I'm not saying that that's happening. I'm saying that that's a point of exploitation. So in my opinion, you break chain of custody as soon as that box leaves the room. You ought to have people in the community who care about the sanctity of their vote, as many as want to walk down there. They should be able to ensure the integrity of that themselves right there before that ballot box moves an inch. Otherwise, in my view, you break gold standard chain of custody. So moving right along, let's see. I think we're just about there here. We got, yeah, just a couple more sentences in this article that just totally, I mean, blew it, right? When all this information is out there, All you have to do is be paying attention and develop relationships with sources in your community who go to these things. And then you could have this article like actually not look like a puff piece to cover for the auditor who's in hot water right now. Poor thing. Bless her heart. I mean, I, like I said, I like her and I'm not interested in seeing her lose her job. I want to see the process improved based on this information. These three plus, there are probably more points of exploitation of our process. We've had two years to fix this thing. And if only John Thune had stood up and instead of whipping votes against Trump, had whipped votes for Trump. And I don't mean illegally or illegitimately with a quid pro quo. I'm saying the Trump option on the ballot that was clearly stolen in my opinion, and in the opinion of many, many credible people, that election was thieved. It was dirty, rotten, thieved right out from you and me. And our electoral votes here in the United States were usurped and they were given to the wrong guy and now he's the resident of the White House. Our elected board and auditor's office staff take great pride in our work and take our responsibility very seriously, Jensen said. Election day is November 8th. So taking it seriously means you take this information 
why don't you come on my show? Why don't we talk through these issues on my show? I'll bring you the references. You can walk away with that information. It's not enough that you can transport those ballots up to Deadwood. If I was in the thick of this and I was the bad guy, I'd be like, okay, we got to let the machines count straight this time because they're going to audit those. But listen, on the transport, switch the boxes. We'll put a high-res camera or something. We'll know how many ballots get submitted. We'll know how many empties to provide. It's not that hard. You have to, unfortunately, think like a criminal mind to be able to decode and decipher this and have a reasonable chance to make real improvements. You cannot use vote machines because all computers are exploited right now. That's the problem, isn't it? And that's a horrific statement for the intelligence, military, and law enforcement community to hear because they use these things in secret programs to police us to catch the bad guys. And I know that the best of intentions are with them. Unfortunately, the Office of Personnel Management lost control of the exploit toolkit, and they probably, every time they get a new one, it's been exploited, and they're out ahead of it, and criminal organizations, mafias, cartels, get access to this toolkit so that they can break any computer they want. They can break into it. All they have to do is be in proximity. And how do we fix that? Well, high school graduates should be able to maintain computers or work in a factory where computers are being manufactured. We shouldn't look down on people who do computer work as though they're subhuman or don't have real jobs. Because the more you do that, the less desirable those jobs are and the more disgruntled the computer people become. We've really dropped the ball. We don't manufacture our own chips here in South Dakota. We could have. Why didn't we do that? It's been 30 years. Why didn't we do that, guys? Really dropped the ball. Should have gotten to work on that 30 years ago. Okay, we understand there's a security risk here. Oh, the clipper chip. Oh, there's a clipper chip. Okay, well, definitely, we definitely want to have, a, have that now because privacy, right? Just like the privacy of my own mind is sacrosanct. You violate that. You'll never live it down. You won't let yourself live it down. And other people, when they find out that that has occurred, won't let you live it down either. Trust me. Wait a minute. John must be a crazy schizo because he just said that mind reading was possible. Dude, they're in the research studies. They're coming out of universities now. That's what I'm saying. Don't be so lazy. Listening to this program, you'll get information that is derived from credible sources. I do my homework on this stuff and I follow chains of evidence and I'm a tech guy. I pay attention to this stuff. Yes, there's technology that can read minds. It's likely that's what many of the shots were for. The the COVID hysteria was created so that people would take an injection. The contents of the injection is being driven based on your social credit score, which is being determined by an artificial intelligence that looks at everything you've written. And at some point, everything you will have thought, every transaction you've made, everything you've purchased, every video you've produced or watched, every friend you have on social media or in real life, everybody who's been close in proximity to your phone with their phone. Some people got saline. There was, I think, a Walgreens or a CVS in the Southeast. If you could, if you Google like saline injection CVS, I want to say it was South Carolina. It could have been North Carolina or Virginia. You'll see that Walgreens or one of these drug pushers got busted given saline shots. 
you might get the uh, like the metal oxide shots that permeate your body and create an identifiable signature of metal in your body. You might have gotten a shot that creates these runaway blood clot chains in your arteries. Or you might have gotten a shot that is life extension. Or you might have gotten a shot that is, who knows, lots of like genetically tailored to improve or try to improve some aspect of your genome. It all depends. That's how this system is purported and proposed to work. This is way worse than what happened in Nazi Germany. Way more sadistic. Way more sordid. So pay attention. Tune into this broadcast. Send this out to people you know. Okay? And I'd love your feedback. Drop me a note. Info at plainstream.com. I know I'm not alone. I hear from you quite often. I know a lot of you are afraid. I suppose if you wanted to just put some cash in some tinfoil, make it enough tinfoil I can make a hat out of it, please. And drop that in an envelope. Send it to 239 West Jackson. We sure could use your support. If this is valuable to you, please return that value. Let's cue that music up. By the way, this is an original piece here. It's an original song. This is our theme song for the program. You've been listening to Spearfish City Limits. My name is John Dale. Broadcasting from the corner of Canyon and Jackson in Spearfish, South Dakota. Thanks so much for the help in the studio today, Casey. It's a family business. If I'm wrong about this stuff, just let me know. Let's debate it. Honestly, let's go down a little on that level. Let's debate it honestly. Let's discuss and analyze this stuff and look for new evidence and share that evidence. Info at plainstribune.com. Or you can go to plainstribune.com and there's a text message number at the top of the page that you can use to reach out and get in touch with me. We'll be back around the bend. We'll be back around the corner again with more great, interesting, insightful, inspiring analysis and content. Thank you so much for joining me on this special edition of Spirit for City Limits. Have a great day.